You're listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, episode 197. Today, mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with author Jennifer Garrett to discuss the mindset behind her incredible drive, as well as the reasons behind her switch between so many various fields, from branding consultant to executive coach to motivational speaker and author. Garrett also talks about her new book, Dominate the Game, and what inspired her to write again after nine years. If you're looking to inspire yourself to achieve more and take advantage of every opportunity given, then this is a must-listen episode. Are you ready to raise your game? 2021 is the year to increase your performance on and off the field. The Athlete's Edge Journal was designed to cultivate self-confidence and mental resilience through the power of sports psychology. Whether you are a professional athlete, a former college athlete, or have aspirations of greatness in the future, this journal is for you. Visit winthementalgame.com and use the promo code GRANTPAR20 to receive a 20% discount at checkout. Act now to take your mental game to the next level. What if you could rapidly accelerate your team's performance and skill acquisition just minutes before practice or game? NeuroTrainer triggers high-performance states with virtual reality brain training that can be deployed in the gym or at home. In just eight minutes, your team will be more focused and ready for whatever you or the game throws at them. Visit NeuroTrainer.com to schedule your demo and get your team locked in. Hey, Jennifer, how are you? Hey, Grant, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, having you back again, right? Yes. Man, it's um, thank you for coming back. Um, um, it's a really honor to have you back, not to, well, not only to share about your new book, Dominate the Game, which is going to come out this Friday, um, but I want to, because I'm all about mindset, so I'm really excited to just, talk, you know, talk about your journey from just the last, since I've had you on the show three or four years ago, but just your journey um, as a go-getter, because you do so many things that we're going to get into, you know, as a branding uh, architect, business consultant, executive coach, author, speaker, podcast host. I mean, you do a lot of stuff. So we're going to just learn a little bit about your journey, your mindset, and then we'll get in a little bit about your, about your book. And I'm really, really excited to learn more about what motivated you to write your new book? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So my journey, uh, first off, never thought I'd be where I'm at today. My goal when I was a kid was to climb the corporate ladder, be a Fortune 500 CEO. And so I spent a lot of time in my career on that path. And then after my dad had passed away very unexpectedly, that kind of changed my trajectory and thinking about what was the legacy that I wanted to leave behind, especially since my dad had passed away. With I mean, there was no notice. It was you know no for forewarning, and so that life is short, life is precious, tomorrow is never guaranteed, right? And so that made me kind of rethink the journey. And so I, I left on November 5th, 2019. So I just crossed the three-year mark of entrepreneurship. And that would have been my dad's birthday. So I know we're going to talk about dates in right. a little bit with the new book. And so I'm all about picking dates that have a purpose when you do things. And so for me, that was the date was my dad's birthday uh, in 2019. And I left. And so I've been a full-time entrepreneur started right before COVID, which was an interesting time for all of us. And you talk about mindset. I mean, it, it, it's 
we all had to adjust and pivot more so than we might have been used to, right? More so than some people might have been comfortable with. And you mentioned uh, a minute ago that I've done a lot of different things. And I think when you look at people that have done great things that are accomplished, that are very successful, not saying that that's me, but just, you know, think people that have done things, (laughs) um, it really goes to your mindset and to your confidence. And the confidence doesn't mean that you have all the answers or that you know it or that you have all the competencies. It just means that you believe in your ability to figure it out. And I heard someone say before, Brendan Burchard, who does a lot of high performance coaching, he said, if you take someone that's a high performer and you put them in any situation, they're going to figure it out. And that's really what confidence is. It's like, no matter what situation I'm in, what environment I'm thrown into, I'm going to do what I need to do because I believe in my ability to do that so that I can move forward and be successful. Well, and also too, I want to add on to that because, you know, I've always, you you know, when you were on my show last um, or any show that I host, I always talk about mental toughness on the front end of my show, mm-hmm. um, which we're really not going to go there per se, but I, I do want to add to what you're saying with regards to your mental toughness. Cause when you think about all the things that you have done in your past, it's led you up to this part of your journey. Um, again, I'm just going to focus on your credentials. I mean, you have two bachelors, two masters, um, an MBA, JD, um, you're a veteran. Am I missing anything? You're a uh, mother of five. Lot, I have five kids. <laughs> yeah. Right. So just let alone all of that, that takes a level of mental toughness. I understand it takes confidence too and discipline and commitment. And I can keep on throwing all the attributes there. But when you think about that, the mental toughness, like where does this all come from for you to, you, cause you don't stop. Like you are, you're trailblazing. You just keep on going. Where does this come from? a great question. If you ever asked my mom that question, she'd say, well, she was pretty stubborn and hard-headed growing up. And I think there, there's a part of, of that. And, you know, I mean, you have to be firm in kind of what it is that you want to do and have that stubbornness in that, you know, whatever you set out to do, you're going to get yourself back up, right? The saying goes, fall down seven times, stand back up eight, right? And so every time you get knocked down, you got to just pick yourself back up and forget you're familiar in the sports world and you deal with a lot of people, you know, in coaching and and athletes. And so it's about focusing on the next play, right? Something happens, it doesn't go your way. If you're a football player, you missed a tackle, you dropped a pass, you can't remain stuck in that. You got to focus on the next thing. The same thing for us off the field, off the court is if you make a misstep or something happens that doesn't go your way, you can't wallow in that. You take that lesson or those lessons from that experience and you got to keep on moving forward. You can't just stay stuck. And so I think for me, that's something that I've always done and learning not to take things personally and understanding that everything is there for a purpose. Like I believe there are lessons that happen in things that are not the outcomes that we want. And when you realize that those things happen for that reason, to teach you that lesson, it's easier to shake them up and say, okay, got it. I didn't get what I wanted here. Let me learn from this experience and figure out how do I take this thing that happened and help me to move forward. And it makes it easier to continue to stay mentally tough when you have that perspective. Yeah. You brought the word being stuck um, or not being stuck. And I know with all the things that you do, one of the things that you do do is executive coaching. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of jump forward in some of my questions here. I was going to say this towards the end, but since you brought up that word, um, 
when you think about some of the things that you address, like helping people advance their career, um, helping them activate their voice, uh, giving them more presence, executive presence. Mm-hmm. Do you find that a lot of the, when you're doing this one-on-one coaching, executive coaching, do you feel that people are coming to you because they are stuck? And how do you get them unstuck? That's a great question. I feel like they are not necessarily stuck in terms of, hey, I don't know what action to take because a lot of people feel stuck is that, right? Hey, I don't know where to go or I feel like I'm not doing enough. For me, with a lot of people that I work with, it's more of a stuck in terms of what should I say to be able to be a more effective communicator, you know, to enhance my executive presence as an example. Or I do a lot of work with corporate professionals that are looking to get to that next level, VP level, C-suite, whatever. What should, how should I package myself? So that I am differentiating myself from all the other great people out there that have impressive backgrounds. So it's stuck in that way versus stuck in I'm not moving forward because I'm not taking action on you know things to drive results. Like they're getting results in other things. They right. just don't know how to move forward in this space. But it's not a it's a different kind of stuck. Right. No, I, I think also, too, I think. We, depending on what it is in our life, not, you know, we have blinders and that means not on everything. There's some things we got immense clarity, like, and we know how to to execute and get things done, but there is some, some things that we have blinders on because of belief Mm -hmm. systems or whatever. So, so I, I I hear that it's a different kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, So this is a moment before we get into your book, I want to a little bit crack open in the chest a little bit just to kind of learn a little more about you. Um, so, and have my, my listeners learn more about you. Um, you wrote a book in 2013. Mm-hmm. I'll move the ball, which is awesome. Cause you use, you love, I mean, your DNA is football. So you it use is. a lot, use a lot of uh, terminology jargon from, from the game of football, American football. When you think about, when you wrote that book 2013 to now so your new book dominate the game what do you think you've learned the most about yourself between the two books that's a great question so what i've learned about myself the most i would say and this might be a different answer is the impact that you can make in unintended spaces and the influence that you have and i'll share with that, what I mean by that. So when I wrote Move the Ball, my focus was on corporate professionals, people who loved football just like I did. And how do you take these strategies from the sport and apply it in your career, in your life, in business to move forward? And little did I know that, and and we've been connected for a long time, that this Move the Ball movement, which it evolved into from the book, really made an impact in the professional sports community. And there were a lot of student athletes as as well as NFL players and you know other football league players that got behind this movement and started adopting these principles. And so that wasn't my intended audit. Now, as I realized that I was making that influence, then I started shifting and doing more work in that space, but that's not where I thought I would go. And so for me, it's just interesting. It's a reminder that you don't know where life is going to take you and the journey. You may have one plan and one path and something happens and you go in a different direction. And so I think that's that's one piece. The other piece is that 
I never really focused on the sports space back when I wrote Move the Ball book, even though sports is my thing. You know, I'm a, I'm a football girl through and through. But because I didn't know anybody in that uh, industry, I allowed that to be a limitation or a constraint on where I wanted to focus my effort and activity. I say it that way because it... I do believe I can do anything that I want to. So I'm stubborn and I'm committed, but I was never committed to that because I was like, eh, it's a lot of work and I've got another path that I also enjoyed. And so I I didn't think about, well, you know, I don't have any connections, but it's not that hard to build that if you really concentrate an effort in there. And I did pivot and shift and the growth has been incredible. But so I think for me, I wish that I had not put that limitation or that that frame of thinking, you know, on me back when, because I might have been doing some other things today. Who knows? Right. You don't you don't know where the journey will go. Right. Well, and thank you for sharing that, because I, I can share something very similar with my journey. And again, this is more about you than it is about me. But I connect with what you're saying. When I started going down my path as a mental performance coach and in, in creating my company, you know, I spent 13 years playing football. I was a quarterback. And you would think that that would be like my bread and butter. I'd go straight to football coaches and football players. Right. But when I started this journey, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago, I I limited myself by making a perception that the game of football is not ready for someone like me. The 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 type of um, the vibe, the culture is just not ready for a mental performance coach. And so I went other directions, which was cool. Like I worked with tons of different kind of athletes and coaches in sports. But I kicked myself because there was some fear there that I'd have to deal with. Maybe something that I know so well of them saying no. Mm-hmm. Or we're not ready for you, or this is not, this doesn't fit our culture, you know? So, um, so I kicked my, kick myself a little bit, I, but now that's changing as we speak, but, but I, same thing. I put that limit on myself. Yeah. So one more thing about mindset here, because I know you speak, you do a lot of speaking, a lot of coaching, a lot of workshops, just to get in your mind a little bit. Um, do you get nervous before you speak? Sometimes I, I think I think we all get nervous to some degree. There's there's a spectrum, right? So I don't I don't have sweaty palms and right. you know feel like I'm gonna faint. But I mean, there's still a little bit of apprehension just because you are going in front of a new audience. Obviously, the bigger the audience, there might be a little bit more apprehension. But I also I, I've done it so many times. It's just like okay, it's just another time here we go but there's a little bit of an apprehension that that occurs probably right beforehand right so not while I'm sitting there waiting but it's like when it's about to be showtime then there's a little bit like oh okay here we go let's not forget the points that I want to make or you know you you place this pressure on yourself that you want to make sure that you hit everything right do you have a routine that you go through to, to to calm the nerves to get a little more locked in or is it just you're in full trust mode and you just you just trust everything it's more the latter. Yeah, I don't have, I mean, it's good to breathe. You know, I might do, I don't do breathing exercises. I just take a few, you know, breaths just to kind of relax myself. But uh, I kind of just trust that, you know what, hey, it's going to be what it's going to be. And what, the more that you've done something, the more confident you feel in it, right? So yeah. and if I forget to talk about something or mention it, it is what it is. You you know, you just, you just go with the flow. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. There's so many times where I'm speaking and coaching. 
It's all about next play speed. They, so many people don't know that I forgot or I screwed up or, and, but I just off to the next. So they don't even know, but I know. <laughs> right. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. So what do you think, you know, through all these years from your first book to, to your book now, what do you, what's your proudest moment within, whether if it's writing books, working with clients, um, doing all the things that you're getting into, like what's your proudest moment? Wow, that's a great question. No one has ever asked me that question before. My proudest moment, I would say, yeah, I'd look at it as the, the last three years, right, of of, joy, of being an entrepreneur. One, I'm still an entrepreneur. So that's good because right. especially I'm making it through, through COVID. But I don't think that's my proudest moment. I guess I'll say this, you know, you know, being familiar with the sports space, it's so competitive. And there are so many people that, don't see your worth, especially being a woman trying to say, hey, I know this game called football and there are so many things that I can teach you on how to be successful in X, Y, Z. There's a lot of people that don't take you seriously. There's a lot of people that don't believe in your ability and all these things. And whenever you have people like that, you have a choice to make. You can listen to them and you can let them deter you or you can continue on. And I mean, there's been so many people that did not see the value, but I haven't changed who I am to please those people or to to sign a deal or you know to create an opportunity like I've stayed true to who I am and if it's not for you it's not for you and that's okay right and so the right people are going to attract you I mean there are players you know I have a number I mean you've seen things that I post about there's some really great accomplished you know NFL guys that stand behind the brand and there's other people that you know, didn't see the value or didn't give me the time of day. And that's okay. I'm not going to chase you, you know, because that's, and so I'm proud of that. I would say the most is that it's easy to want to chase. It's easy to compromise who you are because you're trying to make that big connection or sign that big deal, but I haven't compromised my authenticity or, you know, chase to do that. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. It it seems like, you, you're really grounded in your lane and it's mm-hmm. just um, there's some people who are going to jump in your car and drive with you. And there's some that are not. And right. basically, and I've learned this too. I'm ready when you are. And if mm-hmm. you're not ready or you have some kind of perception, cool, right on. It's not going to affect my focus and my emotions right. and my thoughts. Right. Can, can I share a story? Cause I think yeah. it's important sometimes to totally. share things that aren't fun, right? It's great to celebrate successes, but it's always good to hear things that, are not successful or things that are hurtful or frustrating yeah. because they can help people connect, right? It's about relatability. So, you know, we're all trying to elevate and get to the next level. And we were out there networking and trying to build those opportunities. And I had an opportunity with a fairly well-known, um, I will not mention the name, NFL player through his dad. And his dad is like, you know, maybe we can help you with your brand. I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be amazing. And so for eight months, we had been talking about this and the dad was like you know we'll, we'll meet up first we're going to meet super bowl weekend to talk about collaborations and stuff and that didn't work out and you know just many different opportunities so finally um i was going to be on a plane to meet with the dad and the day before i'm we hadn't set a time just yet we had a day but like didn't lock in the actual time and um i'm like hey i'm hopping on the plane let me know the details he completely ghosted me Um, so I went, I had other things to do in that city. So it wasn't like that was the only reason to go there, but that was the primary reason why I booked the ticket, you know, schedule it for when I did. And so, yeah, never heard from him. 
then he continues to follow me on social media. He's liked my posts. I'm just like, we're done. I, I, you know, I would still love the opportunity to work with your son and collab, but it's not going to be through you. Right. And so, and the thing too, is I allowed, there were not to go into too many details, but there were some, I'll call them red flags that if it was anybody else, I would have been a little bit suspicious, but because it was the dad of this well-known player, I was like, "Mm, no, I trust you that this is going to happen. And I wouldn't have placed that trust in an everyday Joe. If it didn't add up, you'd be like, wait a minute, you know? And so I was a lesson for me to learn because I had learned that lesson years before. And I said, I would never do that. And because of who he was or who he was the dad of, I put those blinders on and I didn't, you know, I I ignored the flags. And so when this happened, I'm like, yep, I I saw it coming, you know, those, the signs were there, but you know, I could easily reach out to him because he still follows my stuff, but I'm like, no, we're done. You broke that trust. I'm not, you didn't value my time. You haven't even said you're sorry. So right. no, you know, and so, but so many people are like, oh my gosh, that's such and such as dad. I'm going to still try to chase, right? Nah, I don't do business like that. Right. Exactly. You know, it's, and I'll throw some football out there. All right. Some terminology. It's those moments. And then I don't care if it's, you know, in business and relationships, um, mm-hmm. friendship, whatever it is. There's certain moments in life, certain situations that allows you to read the D a little bit better. Yes. So, yeah. So you blown a coverage, right? Do the ball in the the wrong part of the coverage. Well, next time I will make sure that I read it a little bit better. You're more aware now. Yes, Um, absolutely. And I I think it's great to talk about this because I've gone through a lot of stuff like that. Um, Big contracts that got pulled out, you know, in the ninth inning. Um, and I've realized as much as I've gotten really upset at the time, which is okay to get upset. You're human, allow yourself to work, work through those emotions, but I've, it's taught me how to create space with it and to forgive them, forgive yourself for getting a little bit upset, but then just create the space because I want to bring more abundance to my life. And I don't want to keep on holding that, that, feeling of like right you did me wrong no man like yes. it, it is what it is but mm-hmm. if you're ready i'm ready if not right. i got more space for someone else that is ready yeah and i like what you mentioned about you know, we're all human beings and we have emotions so that day i mean i was i was mad that day i was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make this a great day because i'm here and i <laughs> did but That's when awesome. I got back to my hotel room that night, I was in tears because I'm like, this is pretty messed up. For eight months, I've been cultivating this relationship. I never asked for help. You offered it to me. Right. And and so it was very hurtful to know that someone would let you get on an airplane and then ghost you, right? We're professionals. So um, yeah, there was a time where I was not in a good emotional state for that evening. And then you got to focus on the next play, right? And so you pick yourself up and you focus on the next thing. And with this particular individual, if he were to reach out, I would not be rude. I'm a professional and I'm going to always hold myself in that regards. And we all should do that. So I will conduct myself in a professional manner, but I also, I've learned, right? Okay. I'm not going to trust you, but I will be courteous and I will be a professional to you because that's who I am. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. We, we all got to have, we have our values. We have our, we have our barriers, right? We have, I, I, I totally get it. Um mm-hmm. But I, for people that are listening too, it's, you know, I think we, we teach a lot about how to deal with adversity and 
mental skills and all this stuff. Um, it's not about shutting those feelings out. We're human. It's okay. It's just how yeah. long do you want to stay in those feelings? And then can you get a lesson from it? So you right. can build more awareness. So you're prepared for the next thing. If it's somewhat similar, right? Right. Exactly. So thank you for sharing. Um, you know, it, I, I say this because a lot of people, I know you have a great brand. Um, I have a great brand. A lot of people put out great content, but on the other side of that content, there is stories like this that we mm -hmm. go through, right? So it's real. So I appreciate that. Um, so let's get into your book. We're like two and a half days or two days away from releasing your new book, Dominate the Game. Yeah. Um, there's so much to talk about, but let's just get into it. Like what motivated you to write this book? And did you always know you had a second book in you? Yes. Yes and yes. Yes. All yes and no. Um, yeah. So I, I love to write. Um, I'm not like a blog writer. That's not my thing. But I do like to write pieces at times. And I like to write books. Um, this is my second full book. I've contributed to another book earlier this year. And um, I did always know I wanted to write another book right after I published Move the Ball back in 2013. I was like, all right, let's write the next one. And then I paused because life got busy and stuff. But it had always been in the back of my head to write another one. And I was in Tampa last summer and a friend of mine and I were just talking about competitive athletes and he played college football. He's a sports agent now. And he was talking about how athletes make great employees because they always show up ready to perform even when they're not feeling like it. And it made me think about, well, how am I showing up every day? And I look at you know, what I've built with my brand and, and how I've gotten to the point or it to the point of where it is. And it's really about how I showed up every day. And so I thought, you know what? That's what the book is going to be about. It's going to be about, are you showing up the right way so that you can move the ball and dominate the game? And so uh, that really is what sparked the desire to write this specific book last summer. So I spent the last year writing and writing and more writing. Um, and so, yeah, it's neat to see it. Uh, almost the official launch is in two days. And so yeah. it's here. Um, yeah. But yeah, to get it to get it in the mail last week and you know hold that first copy in hand was an incredible feeling because it's something I've wanted to do for so long. Oh yeah, I know that feeling too. It's 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 a finished product. I mean, yes. to see it to the to to the end to its finished product is is awesome. Um, now you're. I, I want to get more into the content of it as well, um, mm -hmm. but. I'm very familiar with numbers and the significance of numbers. And we were talking about this before the show. Um, you're releasing it this Friday, which is 1111. Mm -hmm. So share with, with my listeners kind of the importance of releasing this book on that date. Yeah, them. so 1111, I am a numbers person. Um, prime numbers are kind of something that I, I like since my birthday is on a prime number. And 1111 11 is a prime number. 1111 is something that a lot of people think is a lucky um, display. So I thought, you know, as we were looking at dates to announce the official release, I was like, I want it to have meaning and significance, just like my dad's birthday and when I went to, you know, to, to become an entrepreneur. So I said, you know what, let's do 1111. Also a little 
fun fact, because I'm into prime numbers, there's 23 chapters in the book, which um, is a prime number. So there's a lot of prime numbers throughout um, throughout the book and in different ways. And then, so I thought, you know what, let's do 1111 because it is a prime number. A lot of people find it lucky. And also, as you mentioned earlier, I am a veteran. I'm still serving. And so 1111 is Veterans Day. So that's also a nice tie. It's awesome. That's awesome. And when you think about this book, I know you say you like writing, but was there, um, how different was it writing this book from your last? Was it, was it challenging? Was it easier? It's a great question too. So this book is complementary to move the ball. And so it was harder in the sense that I wanted to make sure that I was providing a lot of distinct information. And I do reference move the ball a bit in the book, um, but I, I wanted it to stand on its own and also be unique content. So I think from that standpoint, because the books do go hand in hand, thinking about how do I make it different? What types of things should I incorporate into it? My writing style has also changed. It should have changed in nine years, right? And so, because right. we should be growing and improving. And so I had actually started writing some thoughts and some chapters that I thought I would include in book number two years ago, not knowing exactly the theme of the book, but kind of the same genre right, that, that I'm in. And I thought last summer, I was like, great, I already have some chapters written. I'm going to use that. I went back and read that stuff. And I was like, it's not good enough anymore because I had grown and evolved. And while I could have used it verbatim, I knew that I was better than that. Like it still read fine, but it wasn't capable. It wasn't my best. And so I wasn't going to put that out there. So it was more work than I originally thought. Um, but you know, it's your name, it's your brand. You should be proud of what you're putting out there, not just checking a box. So I really wanted to make sure that it was a product that I could hold up and be like, yes, you know, this, this I'm really excited about because I put the work in to, to write something that I, you know, I really think brings value. Yeah. that That's, you know, sometimes that's hard for people to, to really step back and and really be analytical is is this is this good? Does this reflect who I am and what I believe in my belief system? Is this you know that's so that that can be tough for some people. So that's awesome that you did that. When you and I know there's there's so many I can only imagine there's so many nuggets in this book for people can um, to relate to and to learn from. But when you think about maybe that one thing in your book that lights you up in the book that maybe could really impact somebody reading it? Like what, what comes up for you, that special part of your book? There's so many pieces. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so I guess I'll say this, like there, there are three parts of the book. So, you know, I have a podcast called move the ball. And at the end of every episode, I always say until next time, make sure you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. So this book is structured in those three parts, suiting up, showing up and moving the ball. But I think the big thing, that, that I like to, to hone in as a theme is be mindful of how you're showing up every day. The subtitle of this book is how life changes when you show up. And so if you show up the right way, you're going to see the outcomes that you want. But I mean, we all hear how you show up matters, right? Well, that that's great. But practically, how do you do that? And so that's what this book really is focused on. It's suiting up with the right mindset, but not just mindset, but also the preparatory work that you should be doing so that you can show up in a more effective way. Um, and, and so I think that that's important. And the other thing someone said to me the other day, which I included in the book, was if you, what did he say? He said, if you 
aren't there, you can never be found. And I was like, huh, I really like that meaning. Like if you're not showing up and putting yourself out there the right way, then you can't be found could mean you can't meet the same, you know, the right people, but also the opportunities cannot find you, right? If you're not putting yourself out there. And I, I look at some of my friends who have done great things and they've shown up and done things that most people will not have done, would not have done. I'll give you a quick, 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 quick example. Yeah. So my friend Tim Harrison, he works for Mark Cuban. I said, how did you get to work for Mark, right? That's kind of a big deal. And he said, well, I was looking for a job and I took a billboard out in New York City and I put my resume on it. Like, and Mark, either Mark or Mark's people saw it and the rest is history. But like, how many people would actually do that, right? Not many are gonna be that bold. And that's really what's showing up. Like when I look at the brand that I've built, there are things that I have done that are crazy that most people wouldn't do of taking a chance, going on trips that you're really acting on faith, like this is gonna work out, right? And so you're believing in yourself and and just going against the grain and doing things to try to move the ball and to dominate. And so I think that's the important thing too, is like, look at how you're showing up and are you, are you doing enough? Are you showing up the right way and pushing yourself, not just the traditional stuff you would do, but really challenging yourself to bring a different version of yourself forward. Yeah. I, I, I literally say this a lot when I'm working with athletes about showing up. I always, I'm all into acronyms and cool little like phrases and stuff. Cause it allows athletes and performers to remember some of this stuff. So mm-hmm. I would say show up and blow up. And when I mean that, I mean, blowing up all your preparation, all your training, all your, all your light, right? Like blow it up, man. Show it up, show up and blow up. Um, also too, when you were talking about your friend, that quote, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard the the statement of be where your feet are. Right? Yeah, it's in the book. Oh, <laughs> yeah. awesome. Because yeah. when I talk about that, I always say, if you're not where your feet are, where are you? Yes. And more often than not, it's in the future or in the past. And so mm-hmm. it just reminds us to be be where your feet are so you can be seen, right? Yes. So so it's awesome. So do you have another book in you? Um, well, this one's just about to come out. So I told myself as I was writing this, this was it. I'm like, I can't, it's so much work to write a book. And so, but of course my mind is like, there could be some other things. I don't, I don't know all the details yet, but there's some thoughts. I'm like, well, maybe I will say that within the next year, I will not write another one, you know, a few years from now, maybe, but, um, it's a lot of work to write a book. And also I'm writing it not to check a box and say, Hey, I've written another book, but it's really about making an impact. Like there's so many reasons why people write books, especially if they're a first time author, a lot. I've come across a lot of people that do it. Cause they're like, Oh, well, people will take me more seriously if I have a book mm-hmm. and it, it gives me this position of authority. And it's like, okay, maybe if, but then I look at the books they write and I'm like, you're proud to put your name on. You know what I mean? Like for yeah. me, I take a lot of pride in the amount of time I spend to make a high quality or what I believe is a high quality product. It's not a check the box exercise. So there could be another one down the road, but it might be a little while. <laughs> well, since we are potentially talking about the future, i am lately been into doing uh, these future self exercises. Cause a lot of times I, I get so involved and ingrained about being right here, right now. Um, but sometimes I don't take the time to, 
check out like what does my future self look like what do i want um because i've never been into the five-year ten-year goals because i know that li- there's so much that i change and life changes that mm-hmm. it typically steers me away however i've learned to formalize my future self and then work backwards from it and so mm-hmm. um so when you think about whether it is five ten twenty years your future self because you've done you've done a lot of stuff in your life. So what do you see as your future self beyond where you're at right now in this moment? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think for me, the big thing is because the movement has evolved into having more of a significant uh, presence in the sports space. One of the things that I've always been passionate about is helping more student athletes and athletes too. I mean, pro athletes that are playing now leverage their brands to be successful beyond the game. And so I think, you know, you'll see more of my work shift from the corporate consulting that I do to, you know, more work in the student athlete domain, student athlete being colleges, hopefully power five, I'm an SEC girl. So hopefully SEC. Um, But, you know, and so I think that for me, I mean, just to be quite honest, a couple of years ago, if I were to reach out to those schools, they'd be, I wouldn't get a phone call back or an email because no one knew who I was, right? So you got to put that time in to develop your brand and that that credibility or the validity that goes along with an established brand. So I think for me, the time is right to continue to focus and push in that, that direction with all the work that has occurred to date. So, so I think that's kind of, you know, the, the thing that I'm really focused on. Someone did say to me before, like, oh, you know, have you ever thought about an NFL network deal? I'm like, no, but now that you've told me that it's, it's always in the back of my head. So, you know, I'll just throw right. that out there. You know, maybe, maybe there'll be some on-camera presence um, for me, but it, it's not so much about being an, I don't want to be an analyst or a commentator. It's really about the same stuff that I'm doing, but if there's an opportunity to make an impact with that stuff on a larger scale, you know, on a network like that, of course I would entertain that. That would yeah. be stupid not to be. That'd be fun. <laughs> it would be, yes. Move over Ryan Clark and, and Dan Orlovsky. Here I come. <laughs> I know, right? There, there you have it. Well, one more, one more fun question here before we close out. Cause I know that the last time we we had you on the show, we were talking about the Bears and we we're talking about football. And but if you were to pick an MVP as of today, this week, so far. Out of all the play this 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 season, who would be your front runner? Who would be your MVP? Are you talking about Bears specifically or no. across the league? Across the league. That's a great question because I haven't really been following that much pro football just because I've been so busy with getting this book out here the last Yeah, few I bet. I years. bet. So I will say, though, I'm going to modify your question just a little bit and say Bears wise, um, I would say Justin Fields would be the MVP just because and I haven't watched every Bears yet. I usually have them on, but I'm working and not watching intently. But just when I look at him and just how much. He tries to make plays happen. I mean, they just played the the Dolphins and they lost, but he had a record-breaking game. And so, I mean, when I look at, you know, the heart of this young man and just what he does to try to bring value to the team, right? I mean, as a quarterback yourself, you know, the quarterback role has evolved over the last two decades. And so, I mean, he's just, 
he's really trying to, you know, and there's a lot of pressure that's put on him too. And he's been with the, the team now for over a year. And so um, obviously at that level, you get a lot of criticism too. And so just, I've just been really pleased to see his contributions, you know, to, to the team. Hopefully that'll translate into some wins here. Um, so I will say from a bear standpoint, I would say he would be the MVP. Awesome. I, you know, for him uh, across the league, if it was like, a decision for me to make, especially for him, I would say he's probably the comeback player of the year. Mm. Um, because there are some games in the beginning of the season. I'm like, ah, what's going on? You know, and yes. I know there's new system and, and play calling um, different personnel, but uh, he's showing that he's got it. And I think he's using his legs more, um, which is making some plays um, and showing his athletic ability. But right. um so I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. So I, you know, my Josh, Josh Allen is to me, he's, he's my MVP, either him or Mahomes at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But lately he's looking like, like Josh Allen a little bit, which I like. <laughs> yes. yep. Yeah. The Bills are definitely going to be a contender this year for, to take it all. So it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the season continues to, to progress and, you know, on the NFC side the Eagles are dominating as well and I went to Alabama so it's nice to see you know Jalen Hurts do well and uh yeah yeah, I'm definitely excited for for the Eagles to continue to to do well too yeah Jalen and also Tua they're they're both yes and Tua as well correct Mm -hmm. yeah it's awesome well Jennifer thank you so much uh what a treat to have you back on the show to talk about your journey and your new book so I encourage everyone to uh to buy her new book, Dominate the Game. This comes out this Friday. Um, where can they buy your book and where can they follow you on social media? Yeah, so pre-orders are are live. And so you can pre-order on Amazon. If you are one of those that likes to have personalized signed copies of books, I have a website too where I do sign all the copies and there's a comment box. You can let me know how you want it signed or who to address it to. If you go to dominateandmove.com, and uh, you can pick up the book there. You can also get Move the Ball on either sites too. So, you know, if you've enjoyed what we've talked about, I hope you check it out. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Jennifer. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Woo! Woo! Woo!